This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Guna Tour. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Raw Reaction Show. The last Raw Reaction Show of the season. Um, very, very happy to be joining you as always this morning. No slideshow today. Um, <laughs> I just, I didn't think there was a need, to be honest, to uh, A, get up after another long day yesterday to put together a ridiculous number of slides for a game which, you know, wasn't really about the game. Um it's one of those it's one of those fixtures, isn't it, where like we're not going to overanalyze the performance. We're not going to go into the details of the back four or the tactical uh, build up towards the goals um, because it doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> it doesn't really change anything. And uh, just like the end of last season, Arsenal played with complete freedom against a side that had no interest in playing. To be honest, they were just kind of there, Wolves. They, they were just kind of there. They didn't really want to play football <laughs> that day. So it's very difficult to uh, to do any kind of real analysis of that. I didn't do a winners or losers article based upon the game. I did it based upon the season. Um, I'm tempted to open up the, the phone lines as well if people would like to tune in. Maybe you could leave a comment. And, and if so, I'll uh, open up the phone lines if there's any burning things that you'd like to talk about. But if not, I think we'll go through the chat box. We'll go through some of your uh, your questions, and we'll make this more of a an extended Q and A, uh, if you like, as well. But I'll uh, I'll chuck the uh, I'll chuck the link into the uh, the the chat box, and if anyone wants to hop on and say anything or uh, talk about anything this season, we'll do that. But good morning to everybody. I hope you're doing good and well. Thank you as always for making the show a part of your morning routines and have continued to do so throughout the course of the season as well. Uh, good morning to those joining us live in the chat box. Uh, good morning to Martin, to Sessan, good morning to Blackshine and Olu, Matt G. Good morning to you. Uh, thank you as always uh, for, you know, just being uh, fantastic as always. And, uh, you know, Matt G in particular has been one of our uh, most dedicated listeners, as has Blackshine, as has Olu, uh, as has Tabani, um, we've got plenty of 
irregulars as well that have been joining us on once on the off chance as well. Johnny uh, Ponaru, we've got Leopold, Chris, Rancid Pumpkin, Steve Stone, Steve, Stephen. Well, that's great. Steve, Steve, and Stephen, all in the row. Fantastic stuff. Jose, Paul, Stevie. Uh, if Stevie had replied straight after the three Steves, that would have been even more perfect. Uh, Martin, Granddaddy, Guna, Johan, uh, good morning to you. Matt Tomo, uh, of course, who I met in Chicago. Fantastic to see you there. But yes, it's been a great season, and I'd love to share that with you. Uh, let's bring in a, a first caller who's very keen. Um, who on earth? Uh, is joining me. It's Wilson. How you doing, Wilson? <laughs> Morning, Tom. I'm good. I'm good. Um, I have to say, as an Arsenal, Arsenal fan, I have to I have to say, first of all, uh, I have to say that we were absolutely, out, absolutely outstanding mm. against Wolves. Our football was mesmerising. Wolves were, were an absolute shambles because we made them to look poor and we should have scored we could have scored seven or eight. We were that good. We, we were that good. Um, I have to say, Granite Shaka. it was great to see him scoring two goals. I believe that was the perfect way for him to end his Arsenal career. And other, other Arsenal players were very good as well. Um, in terms of the season as a whole, I said this before and I say it again, it's been a brilliant season for Arsenal. Brilliant season for Arsenal. And they've given me probably one of the greatest moments I've ever had as an Arsenal fan in my lifetime. There were some great games, there were some great moments, such as the Bournemouth game. Oh my word, I was going absolutely potty, absolutely mad after that game. Um, the Manchester yeah. United game, the oh god, the two Tottenham games, the Liverpool game early in the season, mm. and the two Chelsea games. Well, everybody. Everybody absolutely flaps Chelsea up every week, to be honest with you. <laughs> and, um, yeah, just a small club at the bottom of the table now, Chelsea. Like, I saw a tweet this morning. They tweeted, uh, taking the mick out of Leeds getting relegated. And I That's the lowest that. of the low, Tom. Uh, Chelsea you should be looking at themselves, Tom. <laughs> no. I it's mean, amazing that they have the, the you know, just the, the, the gall to to go online and, and take the mick out of anyone else considering what I'll tell you what, Tom. I, 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 I tell you what, Tom, Potter's got a lot of work to do. He's got a heck of a job on his hands now. I tell you what, Chelsea got yeah. a lot of work to do. A lot, a lot of work to do. And, and I'm, I'm going to put Chelsea to the side because I can't stand them, to be honest with you. <laughs> and um, where we lost the title for me, I felt in the last month or so, our complacency and mistakes cost us. And injuries have cost us as well. Let's be real. Losing Tomiyasu and Saliba were mass massive. That affected the way that we were playing. But our mistakes and complacency cost us. The game that angered me the most is West Ham away. Because we were in control. Total control for at least, at least half an hour. And then party. What was he doing? What was he doing? He gave the ball away, and then and then Gabriel. Oh my god! And he. We'll, we'll and look he, back on that West Ham game, and we'll look back on the Southampton game, and we'll look back on another one as well. Game, because you know. I tell you what, that West Ham, you know, and we gave a silly penalty away. Um, our confidence was completely shocked, completely shocked, and I felt that was the that was the game that proved to me that Arsenal did not learn. 
from their mistakes from a previous game. Because remember the Liverpool game, we were 2-0 up. And then we threw it, oh, well, the Liverpool one, I could let them get away, away with it. You cannot get away with West Ham. I think that's the game that cost us the, the title, to be honest, the Liverpool game. Yeah, I mean, the Liverpool one, that kind of started it. And I thought to myself, come on, Arsenal. Come on, Arsenal. You got to them from, from your mistakes. And they didn't. And they didn't. And as you said, Tom, there were some other games that cost us as well. But Southampton won. How can we not beat Southampton? Are you serious? <laughs> oh, and, and it's, and it, and, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I, you know, that cost us. I, you know, remember last season, we fell short of the mm -hmm. top four. We fell short of a title. We have to use that pain to our advantage by being ruthless, by getting good players this summer, uh, and hopefully we'll be stronger. We'll be stronger from this. I really do. And um, I said this before, and I said again. For me, in terms of positions wise, we need three midfielders, not two, because Granite Shack has gone. You can't be bringing in two midfielders. And what if one of our Potential new, new midfielders get injured. We'll be doomed, completely doomed, as far as I'm concerned. And then um, we need a, we need a proper number nine, a striker. Look at Haaland. Look what he's done at Manchester City. He's taken to a whole different different level, Tom. Complete different level. To be on top of them, we got to be ruthless and get a proper number nine this summer to even compete with them to even get closer to them. We need another winger winger as well. Every single Arsenal fan has said this, and I'll say this now, because Saka, <clears throat> Saka has been playing every single game. He looks shattered. He looks shattered. Like, give the kid a break. And then we need potentially either um, another right-sided centre-back to potentially cover Saliba or right right back. In fact, I will include a left back as well, because if Taney goes, we need a left back to cover for Shichenko as well. We do. Um, maybe Zinchenko's daughter can get us a couple of goals, because I thought her finishing the ball <laughs> yesterday was, was fantastic at the Emirates Stadium, you have to say. And, uh, that was a nice end to the season. Wilson, thank you so much for jumping on the show and giving me your time this morning. I very much appreciate it. Anytime, Tom. Anytime. See you a bit, See mate. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Much appreciate Wilson for jumping on. I've left a link, by the way, uh, in the chat box if people want to come on. We're going to tackle some of your questions as well. Uh, Daniel says, what are the chances that our first game of next season is a Friday night game away at Luton? Almost, almost certainly. Um, <laughs> we always play first. The last two seasons, I think, we've played the first game of the season. I feel as though the team that win the league should be the team that plays the first game. I think that's just the way that it should be. Uh, of course, Manchester United and Man City will play each other in the FA Cup um, next, I think it's next weekend. And uh, the that will decide who plays, of course, in the Community Shield. It'll either be us or Manchester United. If Man United win the FA Cup, they will face Man City in the Community Shield. If Man City win the FA Cup, then we uh, will be the team that face them in the Community Shield. So let's wait and see what indeed does go down. Um, let's go to uh, Marcus says, how much money is needed for Luton to prepare their press box for not just me, uh, but others. I, honestly, I don't know specifically on the press box, but certainly the stadium, there's rumours it's around £12 million that they're going to have to use uh, 
to uh, to upgrade the stadium, which is going to be very much uh, an interesting uh, summer for them to do a lot of work in a very short space of time. Uh, Julian says, any news on the Saliba contract? Uh, otherwise, would we now look to sell in the summer? I expect PSG are sniffing around. None at the moment. Other than the fact the club continue to be, as we're told, confident um, and they're, you know, assured that hopefully Saliba will indeed sign that new contract. It was great seeing him serenaded after the game, you know, recognising, you know, how special he, we believe him to be and how attached we are to him. Um, and hopefully that can be reciprocated with a brand new deal for the player. He's kind of the, the last one I look at. I know there are some others like Erdegaard, Ben White, you know, we just talk about their contracts and we'll talk about them probably more into next season as well. But talks, you know, as, as far as I'm aware, regarding Odegaard are in a good place and the, the club are very confident and he's very happy. By the way, he is a very, very class act, Martin Odegaard. Um, unfortunately, didn't get to speak in a journalistic capacity to any of the players after the game, which I kind of understand. You know, they've just finished the season. Um, and because of that, they're not going to be in the mindset to come and have a chat with us. But what uh, I was standing with, with Simon Collings and... Sam Dean uh, of the Telegraph as well yesterday and Odegaard's uh, was about to kind of walk through the mix zone and off into the right-hand side. There's like a, a room where the players' families are where they go and see them. And he stopped, he came back and he shook all of our hands and um, told us to have a fantastic summer and that thanks for kind of covering us this season. It was a really nice moment and it just kind of went to show the classy guy that Martin Odegaard is and yeah, it's, uh, he's certainly been one of the better uh, players that I've, that I've interviewed this season, spoken to this season, and uh, he's been my player of the season as well. And that's why he's on the back of this, uh, the the best Arsenal shirt of all time. There's been a couple of super chats as well that I've missed. Uh, Rudy says, it's time of the, it's that time of year again. Uh, we're linked with Benzema and William Carvalho. Rudy, I haven't personally seen those links, but I reckon if you dig deep enough into the socials, I reckon if you dig deep enough into the online spheres, you will indeed find someone somewhere telling us um, <laughs> that we are linked with Benzema and, of course, with William Carvalho. Um, in fact, let's do a little Google search. William Carvalho Arsenal. Let's just see if something comes up in the news. Uh, the last article um, I have is on the 21st of November, which actually is my birthday. Uh, team talk, Arsenal plotting move for experienced La Liga star in bid to add major depth into the midfield. Football fan cast also on the same day. Arsenal have set their sights on Real Betis midfielder Carvalho. I wonder what their source is. I wonder what the source is that's linked. Um, I don't see a, I don't see anything um, suggesting where the, the link... Reports from Spain... Suggest the Portuguese midfielder has them in their sights. The report from Spain is no prizes for this one, but Fijajes, Fijajes, <laughs> the uh, continual uh, linker of, of any player with Arsenal. It never turns out to be true. Uh, Oscar Duarte, thank you so much for the kind donation as well. Hi, Tom, tuning in from LA. Mad person, a ridiculous clock in the morning. Uh, what do you think about Benjamin Sesco? He's young, tall, very good with dribbling. I think he could be a good for uh, number nine for us. I agree, he's very good. The problem is, is that he's already agreed to sign for RB Leipzig this summer from Salzburg. So he's actually already agreed a transfer. So sorry to burst your bubble there a bit, Oscar, but uh, he will be our RB Leipzig player um, for the forthcoming season. So there won't be any opportunity for Arsenal to get hold of of Sesco, but he's one to watch this season and see how he gets on in an elite uh, league in Germany. So let's see indeed how he gets on. 
Uh, Pablo says, good morning, Tom, from Texas. The Gooners are strong in the Alamo. Uh, it was great to meet some. Uh, obviously, I managed to get to the Tollington afterwards and uh, and then the swimmers after that as well. And uh, I met uh, a guy called William from Texas. Uh, I walked into the pub with Harry and I just heard this uh, this noise from across the, par- <laughs> the pub, which was just, oh, uh, <laughs> this guy, William, comes over going, Love your show. Love tuning in at, well, not 8 a.m., but like 2 a.m. or whatever time it is every single morning. And uh, uh, that was uh, that was a great moment as well. Um, there you go, Oski. I'm sure you wasn't aware, but uh, that's too bad indeed about Sesco. He is indeed uh, going to be moving to RB Leipzig this summer. Uh, Lynn question says, Tom, I would like to know, uh, Mikel being the least experienced manager, other than Gary O'Neill, of course, and has achieved chasing the best team in the country. And yet he hasn't really been given the credit that even Unai Emery has been given. Um, I wouldn't hold your breath, Lynn. <laughs> you know, to be honest, we as a club don't tend to get all that much credit, if any, um, to be honest, as a football club, because people don't really like us. Um, we have got probably the most self-critical fan base. I think we've got probably the most critics within our own group. I've never known so many Arsenal fans so desperate to tell others that we bottled it. I put a tweet out the other day saying, um, I don't think we bottled it, but Borussia Dortmund certainly did. And my goodness, the amount of Arsenal fans that were desperate to tell me that Arsenal bottled it. Oh, I think I did it on, I think I said it on the show yesterday as well. I think I said, uh, people were desperate to tell me we bottled it. It's so strange. I'm like, I defend your club, guys. You know, um, let's bring in our next caller. Uh, I think potentially first time debuting on the show. John, how you doing, John? You good? You well, my friend? Doing good, Tom. How are you doing? Very good. Uh, where are you joining us from? Uh, San Francisco Bay Area. So it's I, what twelve fifteen at night or something. Yeah, I like sensed that. an accent, and I was like, "Oh no, he's uh, <laughs> he's going to be very tired indeed." But no, thanks for obviously, John. I see you a lot in our chat box, and thank you for uh, for continually contributing into the chat box. I really appreciate that, mate. But uh, tell me your thoughts on the season. Well, first of all, it bear I. I put it in the chat box, but it bears repeating. I just want to thank you for the quality content throughout this whole oh, year. Thanks, mate. It's, been a, it's been a remarkable year, and you've uh, you and Sophie are my go-to choices on the internet for Arsenal content because I don't like the bait and switch. I don't like the false, you know, news stories and reclining um, sinker. I don't need to be, you know, fished and trolled. So uh, it's a quality channel, Tom, and you should be really proud thanks, of it. Um, That's very kind of you. I really appreciate that. And thanks for listening. And yeah, you're right to bring up Sophie, who's had a, a, as well a, an amazing season, capped it off in special fashion with a, an appearance from Aaron Ramsdale. If people haven't seen that yet, they need to go and watch it because it's, uh, yeah. it's a special moment. But yeah, tell me your thoughts on the season, John. Uh, you know, I've been following the team. I just found this a while ago. You know, that's my first Arsenal game. Oh, I, wow. I, my only <laughs> Arsenal game I ever attended at Highbury. And yeah. this was this was uh, one of the most enjoyable seasons. I, I really enjoyed the season. It was one of the seasons where I felt not so much stress while watching this team because at the beginning of the year, uh, my expectations were good, but not like, you know, we'll see what happens. They're a young team. And uh, as the season progressed and you watch these kids grow, and they were kids, you know, they're kids coming up from the academy. They're uh, new players filling in. You have, uh, you know, the the infusion of players like uh, Jesus and 
um, you know, eventually Trossard and um, and Zinchenko and everything. So there was enough uh, steady uh, veteran leadership as well that made it made it really enjoyable. And I kept waiting for the wave to break <laughs> and it kept going and going. And everybody was, you know, I listened to the, you know, every once in a while you listen to critics and and you, you're they're just waiting for Arsenal to pancake. And it eventually happened. But honestly, I really needed today's game to remind me again how much fun this team is and what this season has been like. And I kind of am removing sort of the poison of the last few weeks from the bloodstream and just thinking that we have a lot to look forward to with this team. So it's been an enjoyable ride all around. Yeah, it's been, as I put in the title, you know, it's a season that I won't forget. Um, and I think that there's been, Adam Wilson said as well, you know, there's been one of the, probably the best, a lot for the younger fans as well that, you know, have not experienced, you know, title titles all that regularly. Um, and it was for some, I think, consciously uh, their first title race. Obviously for for plenty, it wasn't. Um, and maybe that's where the disparaging kind of views abound, whether it was a successful season or not, maybe come from because, you know, your experiences of what Arsenal are and the context of that are also always going to have an impact on that. But uh where do you think we need to go now, John? What I mean, this I think we a lot of us would agree this has been a surprise. You know, most of us didn't think we would challenge for the title this season. And um, but then you can't then use that to then say that we can't there's no excuse not to do it again because we should be trying to progress. You always have to right. like to try and move forward. So what do you right. think has to happen for us to move in that direction? Well, I I'd sort of, you know, it's, we you know, the cliche of trust the process, trust the process. But I actually do feel pretty confident in the fact that uh, Adu can line up what needs to be filled in. And I have confidence that uh, Arteta can make that work in the lineup. Uh, depth, to to me, was the biggest issue um, for the for the year. And once Saliba was sort of the first domino to fall, we got through the Jesus uh, domino that everybody said that would lead to our downfall. And we made it through. Um, but when Saliba went out, we realized how, uh, you know, we have four solid backline players and then a capable fill-in. And I think that that you need a little bit more than that in the back. Um, uh, going forward, the usual suspects, I, I really hope we can nail down Rice and Caicedo and then um, add uh, another uh, couple of pieces, depending on who we lose. I mean, I hope we keep Tierney as a squad player and, and possibly more um, because you've pointed it out much of the year. You can't look at these players now and say, you know, we don't need him anymore, blah, blah, blah. We need, remember when Tierney came in, he was going to be like the great hope of the back. Uh, and he was like a, like a kind of a marquee signing for us. And I feel like that should be our baseline level of what we're looking for in the back. You know, I mean, I feel confident when Tierney's in there, but I feel we can even get better. And if you have a guy like Tierney on the bench, you're doing something right in the back line. So again, building back to front, uh, I'd like to see us strengthen our back line in midfield. And I think the goals will be there because I think Odegaard's only going to get better. Martinelli's only going to get better. Saka's only going to get better. Trossard is pretty much peak right now and he's good for a few years so i i like where we are 
Yeah, he uh, he went down the brave route of making himself look older, Trossard. So with his uh, his dyed grey hair yesterday, which certainly stood out as a confusing yeah. aspect of the game. I always find it, it's always funny to me when the, the players do something different for the final day because I'm like, surely you want to do it with like several games left of the season to right. really show it off. But no, uh, just the one game. He revealed <laughs> his new kit. His new yeah, hair. exactly. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, but you can't buy Trossard's you know hair. Right? No. <laughs> so it's less. Commercialize that, but yeah, maybe uh, no, I agree. Logo on the side. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, if if Tierney is on our bench, you know, I think that's a great point that we are doing something right. You know, we're moving in the direction where competitive Premier League top level players aren't able to get into the team. I'm a little bit different with you around Tierney. I think you know if. If Arsenal, if Arsenal are going to move him on, and I think that probably will happen this summer. Tini was one of the first, if not the first, player to leave the field um, in the post-match stuff yesterday with Rob Holding. Both of them left the field early. A lot of the others stuck around and um, after the lack of appreciation to, to kind of stay with the family and the kids and stuff. But Tini and Holding moved off pretty early, which I found interesting. It might not mean anything. It's just, you know, just an observation. But right. in terms of his style, I look at him and I think... I'm not sure Arteta wants you in the harshest way possible, but he starts Kivior over him. He starts Tomiyasu over him. Right. Um, Zinchenko's not there. And, do you, and I absolutely agree with you in the sense that if you've got a player of that calibre not starting, it's a good thing because it means you've got a player of even higher calibre ahead of them. But do you? Uh, some people have said that Arteta's treated Tini unfairly. Would you agree with that? I, there seemed to be something going on toward the end of the season, middle mm. to end of the season that didn't exist before. Um, you know, I just felt that Tierney was a lot closer to the badge than he was, you know, at the beginning of the year than he was at the end. So I could see that, you know, who knows what's going on behind the scenes. You have a better idea of that than I do. But I, I did want to ask you one question. And it, there is a concern for me going forward with this team. And that's um, if Jaka leaves and, and I, let me just say, to me, one of the best stories of the whole year is Xhaka. I just thought that his, oh. his, his redemption arc was fantastic. And if we had pulled out a title, they would have to make a movie about Xhaka and this year and, and his last couple of years with Arsenal. But he has a kind of, you know, as even at the worst times, he always had, everybody in the team seemed to have his back, like, they love this guy, but, you know, uh, from everything I've read and everything I've seen, you might, again, might have a better idea of this, but he's won over the fans. He's won over, like, his teammates stand by him, uh, Arteta stood by him. And if he leaves, one of the things that, and I know we have really good leadership in Zinchenko and Odegaard uh, and Gabriel maybe in the back and Saliba, but will we need another player like Jaka, like who's kind of a force of nature, you know what I mean, to propel a team forward? And that's my only worry when Jaka leaves is that we might not have this as as annoying as he could be, but not have somebody to drive a team on when times get tough. No, I think you're absolutely spot on, and I think that the the, the best time that we appreciate Jaka is when he's not playing. When he's yeah. not playing. That there's always a rhetoric of, oh, well, if we'd have had Xhaka in that game, you know, we'd have been better. The Southampton game that we drew 3-3, you know, Xhaka not there. We struggled to, you know, to really build. Fabio Vieira started that game. And I think for a lot of people, probably for some, for some I think the, the, the view of Vieira probably fell beyond maybe what a recoverable position is for some in that game. And, 
he really struggled. And then obviously the Bournemouth game he started as well. And we obviously went behind in that one. And then Xhaka had to come on later when we tried to do something different. And yeah, every single time that Xhaka's not really played, bar maybe Wolves when he had to come off and Vieira came on and we actually did quite well. And Vieira set up Odegaard for his second goal. Other than that, we've really looked lost a bit in midfield without him. And I think the experience part you bring up is true. I think the mentality, the leadership aspects are true. And I think that that's why someone maybe like Declan Rice, who's got yeah. two to three hundred odds Premier League appearances, captain of, of West Ham United at a young age, that mentality, that maturity, that mindset is homegrown. You know, there's no communication issues there. You know, he's going to come in. He's already played with Saka and Wyatt and Ramsdale. He's got that experience playing with them. And if we can get someone like Rice into the team, I feel as though that offsets to some degree. I don't think it can do everything because he's a new player and, you know, Jack has been here for, I think it was the longest serving player because he joined, I think, a month before Rob Holding did. Um, so you lose that. It's, you're always going to have some kind of impact, but it's about who comes in. And that's why it's probably worth investing close to £100 million in Jack's replacement. I mean, would, do you think that's too high of a price or do you think it's worthy of the investment? No, I, th I think it's worth it. And, and after having said all that, you know, I'm wondering whether sometimes when a leader steps away from a team, you can have young people actually grab the leadership mantle too, and maybe their personality comes out, whereas it might have been suppressed a little bit in deference mm -hmm. to a player like Xhaka, who is such a such a strong personality. So, yeah, I'll ask you one more question, John. Um, Mikel Arteta. How have you viewed him this season? How did you view him before the season? How have you viewed him after the season? How has your viewpoint of him evolved, if at all? Well, I, you know, I, I stuck with him the longest time. It seemed to me <laughs> the longest time. And <laughs> yeah. uh, I finally was like, okay, Arteta out, you know. And then after I watched the, the Amazon documentary, you know, I really... I really had a lot more appreciation for him as a, as a manager. And um, as, as bad as everything got, I don't remember um, the sniping or, you know, what usually inevitably happens when you have a manager who doesn't, isn't in control. And I think what happened um, uh, with Aubameyang and all that, I think that only kind of burnished his credentials as a, as a, as a strong leader. Uh, and yeah, there, like you said it, there's still, you know, you can still criticize him. Uh, his change of formation in the last few weeks, you know, is sort of kind of annoying to me a little bit. And I didn't see the results of that. Um, but I think uh, having a manager who's as young as he is, and he seems to like, he, he, he's very self-reflective, I think. And I think that's important in a manager too. I don't, I don't want somebody who just, you know, there's certain arrogance with a guy like Mourinho that doesn't, cut it to me and I think uh Arteta's not at that level but is still young enough. People say Arteta is arrogant. But, uh, I, and, and you know sometimes I, I think there is some um credibility to those those claims sometimes. But I also think that arrogance as a word is often misused, especially in sport or any competitive fields. I think arrogance can sometimes be misconstrued for what is actually overconfidence. And right. I think you know, Thierry Henry is one of the most arrogant men on the planet. Exactly. And yet 
he was able to be one of the best strikers in the world because of that arrogance. Yeah. And I think it's a quality that maybe people in this industry need. And if we're complaining that someone's arrogant, yes, there might be some drawbacks to it, but I also guarantee you there's a lot more pluses because of it. Yeah. And I think if everybody sees that kind of overbrimming confidence, it can give you a little bit more self-belief that you're being led by somebody who truly believes in what he's saying, as opposed to, uh, you know, some hesitancy or I'm not sure or whatever. And that's where you see teams flail a little bit when they feel like maybe uh, maybe it's a lot of talk. I think we saw that a lot from the Spurs who who didn't believe in their managers and haven't believed in their managers for a while. So, yeah. 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 And where they will go next season, we will await with revel. You know, <laughs> I look part, forward to part of the joy of this year is where Spurs and uh, and Chelsea have finished. So, yeah, that was, that was good. Yeah. I've got a fair few Spurs fans that are friends reluctantly that uh, I look forward to asking why they're not playing in midweek. And uh, the same goes for Chelsea. Um, so, yeah, I look forward to giving. Yeah. Indeed. John, thank you so much for chumping on the show. I really appreciate Thanks. it. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. No worries. Thank you so much. Uh, massive thank you to John uh, for coming on. Uh, we're going to go into the chat box and tackle some more of your uh, your questions now as well. Uh, let's jump in. And, uh, yeah, we'll be live uh, a bit longer. I have left a link, uh, by the way. I've continued to pepper the chat. I understand that it's either very early in the morning here in the UK on what is a, a work day. I think it's work. Is it bank holiday? I lose track of when bank holidays are. Um but also uh, it's very late uh, over in the US. So it is, I know, the worst time to do phone-ins. But uh, much appreciate Wilson and John already for jumping on. But uh, I have left uh, and are continuing to leave uh, links uh, in the chat box. So if you'd like to jump on, the links are there. Uh, let's go to uh, Aaron says, will we see Josh Kroenke's ambition for Arsenal now we are back on the Champions League? We've lowered the wage budget significantly and the second best team in England. What an interesting summer window. Not only have we lowered the wage bill, but obviously we've got more still to shave off of it because Pepe can go, Cedric can go, Holding can go, Tierney can go, um, Balogun can go. I'd move on in Ketty if I had the chance to. Um, Maitland-Niles is going to move on at the end of the season. Yes, we've increased Saka's wage. Yes, we're probably going to increase Nelson's wage. There is going to be those aspects as well. Um but I think that there's more still to, to, you know, there's more. I think I've forgotten. Austin Trustee still can go. Uh, I think goalkeeper, there's a goalkeeper or two that could move on from a youth aspect. So there's going to be more, um, I think there's going to be greater openness um, for, for investment in both the wage side of things and also the uh, the, the budget. But on the Cronkies, Josh was there yesterday. I saw Josh after the game. He was walking through the mix zone with Edu. Um Edu came and again shook our hands, and you know he's been, he's he's a very very um, open person to speak with. I remember speaking with him at length after the Newcastle game on the pitch, um, talking a bit about Jakob Kivior, and they're very happy with how things are going, and that Arsenal are progressing, and they're moving in that direction, and the investments that the club have made have have gone really well. So I'm looking forward to seeing what we do in the summer. It's going to be a summer to scrutinise. And Edu in particular has got to improve the way in which we sell players. We've got to get more money in for the players that we move on. And we've got to be aggressive in trying to get our primary targets. And that will be the expectation from me. And we talk about the difference between what expectation and aims are in regards to what a season expectation is. And for me, next season, it's a challenge again. Not, I can't expect a trophy because I just think with Man City in the way that they are, I feel like a broken record at this point saying this. But in the transfer window, I'm expecting us to go out and try and get our our primary targets. And I'm expecting us to get some better fees for players this summer when we sell. 
Marcus, thank you so much for the kind donation. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Tom and the TGT community for a great season and great shows. The Canton curse was broken and yesterday the comfort curse broken as well. Here is the 23-24. Yes, Marcus joined us for our preview show and we absolutely battered Wolves. I'm not a superstitious guy. <laughs> I do not need to, to worry so much about that. But uh, fingers crossed uh, we'll see that any curses that you still think exist broken further next season. Uh, let's bring in our next caller. I think a debutant again, but certainly not to the chat box. But Radicia, how you doing, mate? You good, Joel? Oh, I'm good, Tom. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for, for always jumping into the chat box. I recognize your name um, yeah, from thank it. You. And, uh, appreciate it. Tell me how you're feeling. Um, feeling great. Bit, oh, you do feel a bit sad about what how the season played out. But overall, there's positivity from my end. Mm, absolutely. I mean, how would you kind of assess a season that promised so much and then delivered, you know, not nothing because Champions League qualification was was big and really important for us. But how would you assess a season that, you know, you get to a stage where you're so close to a title, potentially, you're leading the race for so long of it. I think we have gone down as the Premier League side to lead a, a table for the longest amount of time without winning the league. How do you assess that? Uh, it's really hard to put that into words. Eh? It is a bit, it is very disappointing how it broke down in the last 10 games, but I kind of get the flashbacks to the 2002-2003 season. That was literally the first season I followed Arsenal as a fan. And I think it was around the same amount of games. I think the pinnacle one was the Bolton game where we drew 2-2 with Bolton. And then that just gave Manchester United the catalyst to run away with the season that year. But... Well, you can see what happened the following year. So there's hope for that. And it does depend on how we we perform in the summer transfer window. I always joke around with my colleagues here in the office saying that, well, you never know what can happen. And I think it's just the right time where we we should try to shop around a bit more compared to what happened in 2003-2004. I think we didn't really invest that much in the squad, but I think this time around, we should really give it a big swing. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying now thinking back what we did during that season. Jens Lehmann came in I think that was the uh, 03-04. That was uh, I think uh, other than that, it was Colo uh, Toure. It was a 500,000 um, pound in let me find this because in that 03 or 04, I've got it here. So we signed Gail Clichy uh, from Con, uh, Cannes, I guess. Um, right. Jens Lehman came in, and then Philip Sendor also came Ray in. Ray also um, came in in the winter. I'm trying to, in the winter, we signed Jose Antonio Reyes, uh, came in during that January window, but Colo Torre was signed in 0102. So, okay. uh, two years oh, prior. Do you remember the, the famous story of the trial uh, that Colo Torre had where he took yeah, out that kind of coming <laughs> So, yeah, no, yeah. after hearing that, I was like, uh, that worked out very great, though. I was yeah, that's, that's that's that we only saw one long. player and we went on to be invincible, but it's, it's a very different, you know, environment and situation now. Who is it that you're looking for us to go out and try and sign this summer? 
oh, with everything going on with Declan Rice, I do really hope that we do get him on board. I mean, I am biased towards having an English core. I'm from Indonesia, so I mm. can't say so much about which nationality would I prefer having in the team, but I have this inclination to be a bit, to hold on to the old principles where Wenger was always trying to uh, hunt in the bargain bin. It, it yeah, has yeah. that bigger, how would you say it? Like a sense of achievement that, oh, look, we were able to. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. To find these stars like... Like Martinelli, for instance. Yeah, recent one would be Martinelli. But Mm. I do understand that as time has moved on, it's not as feasible for a club of Arsenal stature to maintain that kind of idealism so fit tight, I would say. Mm. So I kind of changed my principles on that. But yeah, I still really do. I don't really enjoy the fact that we have to go and spend three digits, three first digits on a single player. So it is so you what it is. If, if West Ham said we want 100 million for Rice, you're going to say, sorry, but uh, I'll go get someone else for less. It would be hard to say no. I mean, I understand Sometimes you have to play with what the market gives you, but hmm. hopefully, hopefully we can, Edu can do a good job in wheeling and dealing for us. There's always a hope. I mean, it's been a few seasons. He's bound to improve on his negotiation skill, hopefully. Hmm. And hopefully Arteta can gel in any player that comes in that the club gets in and we'll see. We'll see. I, have, I have really huge positivity for the club going forward i mean coming 19 years in and this is literally the first season where i felt such positivity compared to the last title challenge well quote unquote the one where lester won the season i mean we came in second but it just never felt like we were there Mm, yeah i mean when we when danny welbeck scored that goal Against Leicester, it kind of um, felt there, but yeah, I, I, I felt like, oh, this is interesting, but then it just kind of fell apart. <laughs> so, yeah, we never really, unless you're really going for it into like April, um, and we were still, you know, very much in there uh, at April, and but we'll wait and see. Uh, Radicha, thank you so much for jumping on the show. Really appreciate your time. Sorry, <laughs> did you cut out? Oh, sorry, I, just, yeah, yeah, I was just I saying thank you for sorry. jumping you're on the show. Up. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, no, but appreciate everything what you do, Tom, and um, big fan from here. Hopefully to always be able to contribute in the future, too. 
Thanks, mate. No, I really appreciate your time and, and taking the effort to jump on. It means a lot. Thank you, mate. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Much appreciate Radicha for coming on the show and uh, joining us as well. I uh, really appreciate that. As always, great to speak to people that have not jumped on the show as well. Uh, it's always great to see that. And uh, and also, you know, that's was it Sam Fran, I think, uh, John, joining us from uh, Indonesia now. Uh, Wilson joining us too. Uh, amazing uh, level of uh, diversity that we have in this community and on this channel. And, you know, it's spread around the world so crazily. And um, it's great when I see people, that, like I said, yesterday, someone joining uh, came over from Texas that said hello. Um, there was someone that came over from, I think it might have been Sacramento, um, that someone stopped me yesterday. Um, and, uh, and, of course, when I went over to Chicago a few weeks ago, it was, uh, you know, that was a humbling experience and certainly one that was really enlightening. You know, if, you, if you're based in the UK, if, you, if you've been quite confined to, to kind of the outside world of Arsenal support, I'd always, always, always recommend going and finding an Arsenal supporters club. That If you're uh, ever going abroad, particularly to America, because I can speak for that because I've been there myself, you know, in Chicago. Yeah, really, really do um, go and, and do it because it's, it's fantastic. Um, let's... Uh, Go to a couple of your questions, and then we'll see if we can get another guest on. Uh, Akmal says, do you see us playing the 3-4-3 formation more next season, even when everybody is fit? Uh, also, I think Fresneda could be ideal in that Partey right-back centre-mid role. It was interesting seeing Partey yesterday play that position and play that role in particular. Um, and... It was kind of working. I said at the start of the show, I didn't really want to go into too much analysis of yesterday's game because it's difficult to analyse that. Um, it's very difficult to kind of look at a situation where a team that you're going up against are offering next to nothing and aren't really necessarily trying. <laughs> but uh, it was working. Partey was inverting a lot more than he did at Forest. And maybe Fresneda is going to be that guy. Um, but it seems that Arsenal have... And are scouting a number of uh, a number of players for potential positions as well. Um, let's go to Louis. Says I was setting up a room to join you, but it's now being turned into a nursery. Uh, you would have had a great guest from New Zealand, Louis. I'm sorry that you couldn't join us, mate. And, uh, but I hope the little one's good. Uh, let's bring in a guest uh, again. I think another debutant, unless I'm wrong. Uh, Ray uh, joins us now. Ray, how you doing, my friend? I'm very well, thank you, Tom. How are you doing? Very good. Where are you joining us from? Um. I'm in Portsmouth at the moment, but um, nice. I live in Cambridgeshire. So. Nice, lovely stuff. Um, tell us your thoughts yeah. on the season, my friend. Um, yeah, the season has offered so much in terms of um, surprises. Um, so I'll just summarise it. Um, we went into the season hoping we can break into top four. Um, ended up being in the title race that was really surprising. And um, uh, yeah, it wasn't expecting that although I kind of felt the team didn't have enough to go all the way but they really really surprised me up till was it April or when did we fall off but for me um, overall I think we've overachieved this season I'm so so proud of the team of everyone and um, I just feel the fan base should um, rather see this season as a blessing in terms of what we've managed to achieve because you know like with last season and now we fell out of um, uh, the Champions League slots it could have happened again this season but right now we are comfortably comfortably sat in that position we will be in the Champions League and I think 
it's something to build up to build up on. So we shouldn't worry much about what uh, the naysayers and um, yeah, the other fan bases are complaining about or how they banter us. So that's, that's my take on it. Yeah, I'm just so happy. Yeah. Yeah, like you can't, you, I, I don't really get. The only team that can really say anything to us is Man City because they've won the league. You know that's sure. Um, if Man United win the FA Cup, they've won two trophies, and I've got to respect the fact that they've, you know, they've won two pieces of silverware, and so you know, maybe they can get away True. with it. But until that point comes, yeah, no one else, no, no other no. club can say a thing <laughs> about no. Arsenal. No, no not Chelsea, no. not Liverpool. Oh, Chelsea fans, mate. Mm-hmm. I just, Honestly, I've got a fair few that are friends, but I'm starting to reconsider that fact because of how they've acted these past few. <laughs> yeah, but you should understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should understand that everybody would look to just look for a way to console themselves, like other fan bases. That's and that's all it is because um, the, I, I know they all came. Um, came at Arsenal, like had to go at us about bottling bottle job, and like, oh my god, if you were in our position, you wouldn't be talking about bottle or anything. We are second, and after we lost a few uh games in the last uh, like last round of games, the uh, third and fourth teams didn't even have a chance of catching up. And what does that say? Just tells you how well we've done this season. So for me, oh, come on. <laughs> They can see whatever they want to see. Yeah, they can. And uh, they can. I'm sure like, they'll be back next season. They'll be trying to do better. Pochettino in, um, whoever Spurs get in as manager, you know, I'm sure Liverpool will come again after they're trying to, you know, invest in their midfield. And it, it was it's going to be another challenge. But every year we say the same thing, is that the next season's going to be harder, that everyone's going to strengthen. Yeah. And we said that last season. And look what happened this season. So it's, you know, whilst we can say those words really easily, at the end of the day, we just need to focus on ourselves. We need to strengthen yes. ourselves, get in the right players and get to a level where we can be, better compete with, with City. Are you confident that that will happen? Are you excited for the summer window or are you nervous for the summer window? Or both? Okay, so, so I am... I am nervous, even being honest, and um, I tell you why I'm nervous. So, mm. you know, like with Arsenal, we we've talked about the process and the process. So, uh, the fact that we've made Champions League, I would have wanted us to go all out and strengthen in all areas. Like, um, I would expect the con- uh, the Cronkies to put a lot of money in, um, yeah, or to invest a lot and get us to that level whereby we can actually compete for real, not like. Um, buying one or two and, and that's what I'm saying like because they say it's a process that's why I'm a bit nervous they might just say yeah let's get um, a Declan Rice and um, get someone else but I really don't want that I really want us to go all out Kaiseido I've been looking at oh I think he's the next Kante as far as I'm concerned I think any club that lands that guy I've got a, a gem so I think if we get Kaiseido I'm so I want um, I don't want one or the other. I want one and the other. So Rice, Caicedo, plus more. I really want us to be aggressive in the transfer market. Go all out, get the best players we can get, add them to the team, and then go again. In Champions League, we shouldn't just be participants. We should compete effectively. That's my take on that. Right. Thank you so much for your, your answers and your time this morning and for jumping on. I really appreciate it. You're most welcome. One more thing, uh, Tom, before I go. So I'd just like to thank you for all your hard work. And um, yeah, you, yeah, you're my go-to 8 a.m. And um, at times, if I if I if I'm not able to join live, I do catch up later on. And um, 
for that 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 series you're having with Sophie and is it Doctor Raj? Sleep after repeat, yes. Exactly, I love that so much because I'm myself in like having to. I'm at a stage in my life where I'm kind of struggling to uh, lose weight and stuff, and mm. that inspired me. I'm like, that is really good, and just keep the good work up. Um, Thanks, we I'm all got your back. And... Same position as you, and I'm, you know, it's. I've been trying to do a mile a day recently because I've got. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think I'll talk about on the channel close to the time, but something, two things happening next week um, that I need to get fitter for. But uh, yeah, it's. I, I completely empathise with you. If you're not in our Strava group. You could join our Strava group. Um, I'll, and, I'll do that. Uh, it's, it's, I'll do uh, that. But keep, keep going, Tom. Keep going. Appreciate it, mate. Yeah, www.strava.com slash clubs slash E-S-A-R-P is, is what the website is. But if you go to one of the Eat Sleep Ask Repeat shows, it's in the links in the description, so you'll find it there. Cool. So thanks, I'll do Ray. that. Take thanks, care. Thanks, bro. See you later. Bye. See you later. Bye-bye. Much appreciate, Ray, for jumping on. Uh, yes, the Sleep Arsenal Repeat podcast will be back um, over the summer. We're going to be uh, we're going to be back. Myself, Owen, Sophie, and Doctor Raj will indeed be reconvening. It's not gone anywhere. It's just been on a bit of a hiatus because of the hectic end of the season, all the games going on, and people have been busy and stuff. So that will be back. Uh, Isowa joins us now. How are you doing, mate? You good? You well? I'm good, Tom. How are you? Everything's well. Yeah, you? very good, my friend. Very good. Uh, how are you feeling after this season? Uh, it's uh, overall it is uh, seven out of ten season. I would give it a rating out of seven out of ten. Uh, yeah. So regarding uh, last last uh, the phone in, last phoning show, yeah, you said uh, is it considered success? I slightly misspoke and said yeah, it's success. But I kind of after digesting it again, I would say it is a very extremely extreme progress. But we have not landed uh, in the promised land yet. Uh, so it's, you can say it's extremely. An ex- I mean, from fifth to second, I could. You can say it's prog- extreme progress, but it's not a successful season because we have not uh, garnered any tangible trophy, something we can hold and fall back into. I mean, if like if you pinpoint the season, like as we said, we're rehashing it a bit from last phone in show. But we're gonna delve. In, hopefully, we're gonna delve into new topics. But uh, yeah, so last time we spoke, we were like, uh, if in ten years, you're not gonna uh, remember what a brilliant season this was. I mean, finishing second to our juggernaut of Man City team. But if you added uh, silver onto it, uh, you'd say, yeah, we have we can fall back onto something. Like we can pinpoint this year with that silver, for example, a Carabao Cup or an FA Cup. We won that. That's a season where. We were almost gonna be champions of the Premier League. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's like an indicator, like oh, we won something, but not the main prize. We won at least we came out of something with it. You understand me? You get know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do get what you're saying. I think that this season is always going to be predicated on what happens next. You know, if Arsenal slip away into just a side that like we were when we were kind of in the purgatory state of, you know, top four qualification rather than pushing forwards. We won't remember this season for anything other than a false promise, basically. Um, you have to move forwards. You know, that the re Arteta's instilled this new motto, you know, we still have Victoria Concordia Crescent, of course. But I think that the motto of the modern era of Arsenal, in particular under Arteta, has been always forwards. That's the messaging that they've they've used. And so we have to make sure that we always move forwards. What do you think needs to happen this summer for that to be the case? Yeah, uh, <clears throat> I mean, we get 
Rafael Guerrero plus uh, mm. Timothy Castian. I would personally go on a thrift shop on Leicester. They have amazing gems of players. Go scavenger hunting, go whatever you need to do to go buy the, their best players on a cheap price because they're all, right now, since they're relegated. So I would say go mm-hmm. for Madison. So it could be an alternative uh, midfielder, attacking midfielder for Odegaard. Uh, yeah, go for go for uh, uh, Timothy Castian. Castian uh, from... Uh, Castagna, yeah, yeah. Belgian. Yeah. yeah, Belgian left back or right back or midfield, however you want to be. And uh, Rafael Guerrero from the Borussia Dortmund cool. on a free contract. Uh, free, mm. uh, he's free. There's no binding contract with him. Uh, also, I would go for Mark Guerri uh, from Crystal Palace. Mm-hmm. I would go for uh, 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 Musa Diaby from Bayern Leverkusen, Leverkusen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Declan Rice and Casado. Wow. So we're going to be spending, what, so 100 million on Rice, let's say, let's say 80-ish million pounds on Caicedo. Musa Diaby is going to cost you about 60 million, so that's 240. James Madison, I think, is going to be about 40, so that's 280-ish. It's all estimates, of course. Uh, Castagna, I think, will cost you between 10, around 10 to 15. So we're bordering on around 300 million. Do you think the club would be up for spending around 300 million this summer? Uh, yeah, they have no excuse not to, Tom. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know why? Because last I heard the quote, they're saying uh, when we're going to like that conundrums back day, the dark day ages, uh, I think so. Uh, Josh was Josh Pronky was saying we have a Champions League wage bill with a Europe, Europa yeah, Europa League. Yeah, we're playing yes. in the Europa League with the Champions League wage bill. Yeah, yeah, we're playing in the Europa League with the Champions League wage bill. Now it's the opposite. So I put your money where your mouth is. You know, You're, we're in the Champions League. We have <laughs> we have a Europa League squad. So yeah, it's time for you to move and act. Uh, and plus. Uh, Let's not forget, we can add, we have players with assets right now that we can sell, like like mm. before. We have Tierney, we have Emil Smith Rowe, we have Nketiah, yeah. we, yeah. we have Balogan. We have a couple, a couple of players that are young, uh, up and coming, uh, that are very good. Like similar models that we've done with Obi, Oxford Chamberlain, and Willock. Mm-hmm. We can sell those players with an inflated uh, you know, price, like 40, 50 million. We can offset the, you say, maybe 300 million estimates, rough estimate. We could, uh, with the players that we sell, we could lower that wage bill, uh, I mean, that price tag to maybe 200, 250 maybe, uh, if, depending mm. on how smartly, how shrewdly you buy players. Fresneda is one of them also. You can buy him cheaply. Plus, I want a backup a plan B striker. Not, we don't, I don't want to, uh, because we tried Lacazette. Uh, we had tried Gabriel Jesus. Uh, you can say if Gabriel didn't get injured, he would have gotten maybe 15 to 20 goals. But... Seeing him from the beginning of the season to the end of the season and the gap between the breaks of the injury, I don't see him as a natural-born scorer. I see him as a winger, masquerading as a striker. Uh, but if we can get a person who's ruthless in goal, that's just in the box, like in Ketia, but times 10, that we can buy shrewdly in the cheap market in Italy. Maybe they were talking about Sanabria. There was links to Sanabria in Torino. Maybe somewhere like that. Somebody that's unknown but can provide... Uh, a great utility for Arsenal in terms that we're getting, uh, like, I mean, the ball is not moving around and we're t- we're, it's going to be tough to break down the opposition teams in the lower leagues, in the lower uh, table. So I would go for a prime B striker too. So maybe seven to six players uh, I would add in recruitment. 
There's a lot. I think um, I don't disagree with you around the 300 million, by the way. I don't think that's fancy. I know some people in the chat box have said that, you know, use words like we're not an oil team and stuff. But at the end of the day, in the market that you're at right now in 2023, and I think I agree with you with the numbers that in terms of sales, you know, when you think about Balogun, you think about Tierney, you think about Pepe, and you think about holding. Um, there's others trust that you can get some money for. I think, um, you know, we should be getting some money for players. And I think that should offset, you know, a certain amount. So a £300 million summer might seem a, a fantasy world in terms of how much we invest. But for me... I think that 300 million pounds is is a reason is is probably the maximum in terms of reasonable um investment of what I would be looking to. If you want to talk about like 400s 500s just like Chelsea would do, you know, it's not going to happen. But 300 million I don't necessarily see as as a hyperbolic level of investment because I think if you want Rice and Kai said that's going to take you close to 200 million anyway. And I think that we still need to add at least 3. I'm looking at minimum of 5 additions and those 5 additions have to be of a level that competes with what we've got. And I think there are clever moves you can do. I think Guerrero, I agree with you, is a good move to make. So to add that replacement for Tierney, you make 30, 40 million pounds on Tierney. You bring in a player on a free that can, you know, give the same level of quality, but also maybe greater suitability to what Arteta wants from that position. I think that you can then... I wouldn't bring in a winger personally. I think Jesus can do that role, like you say, and I'd bring in a centre-forwards. I'd spend, I'd invest on a centre-forwards. And then you, if you keep Nelson, you've got Jesus, then you've got the options on the left of Martinelli, Smith-Rowe, um, potentially Nelson still, of course, on that left-hand side, and Trossard. On the right, you've then got Saka, Jesus, and Nelson that can play on the right. And then I think you invest in a striker that can give you the option up top and give you some variability in that area. I agree with James Madison. I think that it's right the club wants to bring in a creative player. Mason Mount seemed to be the initial one they were looking for. He looks like he's going to go to Manchester United. I think James Madison would be a great bit of, of work and acquisition to the club that gives you the ability to use him and Erdegaard in kind of a, a double forward eight pivot, if you like. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I don't think it's unreasonable. I don't think it's fantasy. I think that a, a 250 plus million summer is not beyond the realms of realism. Yeah. But, yeah. On top of that, yeah, Arteta has done what he can do. I mean, the, the season, two years seasons ago, the 22-23 season, no, 21, 20, 22. 2021, yeah, 2021 season. He was given like, I don't know, 300. I mean, people saying that the Cronkies did not, I'm, as much as I am not aligned with them 100%, cannot mm. say that the Cronkies did not give him money to spend. Mm. But the caliber of players that Arteta got was the caliber that he could, I mean, got was the players that he improved along the side because they were not name, they were not name talents. Nobody was. You mean twenty one, twenty two, when we brought White, Erdegaard, Ramsdale, yeah, Tony yeah, Asu, yeah, yeah, twenty one, twenty two, yeah. yeah, that mm. season. I mean, that season prior to that, he got Gabriel, Partey, and uh, somebody else. I forgot, but uh, yeah, Pablo Marie and Pablo Cedric Marie, was fine. Yeah, yeah. I, you, you get yeah, it's not gonna be a hundred percent like target ten out of ten every time. He was gonna get some mistakes in the season, but yeah, th- those type of I mean uh, players that he got, it's not. You will always not no manager will have a perfect record when it comes to transfers. But what he did with those players and the way he got is almost on on, on the finishing line of finishing the on the top four, but he failed to do that. Uh, now I think this is the real test. He got us back to where we belong. Now it's about just giving him, supplying him with actual players that five other teams are looking out for, like 
all right, Declan Rice, there's no right that Arsenal should be picking Declan Rice out of West Ham in the language. Those are things that in the past 20 years I've been supporting Arsenal. Those are things that Manchester United used to do, Chelsea used to do. Arsenal were not in the conversation when it comes to name talents, emerging talents like Michael Carrick from Tottenham to Manchester United. Uh, other, other. I mean, uh, Berbatov from Tottenham to Manchester. The, you don't have, you don't see those type of like emerging, exciting Tevez uh, from West Ham to Manchester United. You don't see those emerging, exciting players go to Arsenal. Like, all right, you landed, you proved yourself, you're coming to Arsenal, son. You're not, there's no ifs and buts about it. You're coming to the best team that you could possibly come to to accelerate your career and become a better player for it and win uh, trophies. I don't personally speaking. I've never seen that from Arsenal. It's if it's Sanchez because he fell out with the manager in Barcelona and he was uh, he 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 says it was Neymar, Suarez, Messi. He came to us. We made something out of him. He made something out of us. We we helped each other. Uh, Ozil, same thing there. He had an issue. He came to us. I I don't see a player where yeah you want us, we want you. Other other teams want you. You're coming to us. There's no like you are coming to us. I don't see that in Arsenal. So this is about time that Arsenal like be ruthless and act like a big club and say, yeah, West Ham, how much do you want for him? 100 million? All right, 120. We're not going to haggle. We're not going to bargain. Give us the player and here's your money. Uh, and and in terms of another slight topic I want to speak about, it's like I'm tired of this. Uh, uh, all right, Arsenal have been uh, this. Uh, we're breaking records for the wrong reasons. Uh, or where we have, like, if you look at the statistics, where the, we're leading for the most amount of times on top of the PL without winning it, that record—they're not good record, records to have. No, no. No, that, I, yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're gonna beat Liverpool and Anfield, uh, we don't beat them in ten years, twenty years, something like that. Okay, mm. I'm proud of that record. But you're telling me that <laughs> out, uh, out of the five times that the team has been uh, in the top of the Premier League and never winning it, Arsenal have that three times. Three campaigns, three seasons. Arsenal have been leading at the top and then tailing off at the end. And plus, the I don't like the PR aspect. I know it's a contractual agreement with Adidas, and yeah, it gives you goosebumps with Arteta, the promotional video. But it's like, oh yeah, come buy our shirts. We didn't exactly do what you needed, but come to come buy our shirt, a new home kit, 23-24. Come on, like you're you're trying to manipulate us and we're buying the home shirt. Like give it a give it a rest a bit, you know. We just had a disappointing season. Uh, not like in terms of like catching Man City and mounting the pressure. I'd prefer preferably say, like, yeah, we didn't, we didn't at least get the 90 points. Like, we beat Newcastle. I didn't think we we're going to beat Newcastle. We beat Chelsea. They were like a dangerous team. You never know what, how will they turn up. You had Forest, you had uh, Brighton. Beat those two, beat, beat Wolves, and you have 90 points. No Arsenal fan can say, oh, it's a disappointing season. No, because you took Man City all the way to the end. I mean, seeing Manchester City, I think Sully Judges was talking about this earlier. It's like seeing Manchester City, look, being sitting in their own like canteen area or cafeteria watching uh, Forest. In the yeah. Yeah, in the lounge, watching us. I didn't like, like that. I, I, no Arsenal fan should like that. No. Uh, and I was pissed off. I was really angry. I'm like, we handed mm. them the title and they're sitting in their perch, like, without even. Yeah, it's annoying you see us put on the performance yesterday. Like, I know Wolves are terrible. They were on the beach. They didn't care. And Forest, you know, like, were, had so much to fight for. But Man City play without pressure. You know, that's, that's how they win leagues. That's how they win games, is they play every game 
without pressure. They play every game confident that they can win. They believe in their abilities. They believe they should be there. And when they got to the end of the season, it almost felt like Arsenal's players lost that. They lost that freedom we showed at the beginning of the season. Because in the first half of the season, the pressure's not on in the same way because the, the table's not evolved. It's not formed. You might be top, but you know there's still so many games to play. When it gets to the end of the season and there's 10 games left and you're top, that's the pressure because then it's, oh, we can win this. And if we don't win this, there's going to be question marks about why we didn't win this. And so when you play, when we saw we how we played, that's why I predicted my scoreline in the preview show was 6-1. I thought we'd win 6-1. We won five. We still won by five goals because I just thought that we would win playing so without fear and pressure and with ease. And yes, walls are terrible, but... At the end of the day, I, I, we need that confidence. We need that freedom in our play. And I hope that we start the season again like that. But it will come down to the measure of whether we do that again at the end of next yeah, season. Last guess, comment, Osara, and then we've got to wrap up. Yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess, I don't know. It's a, between, it's a link between it's either the players themselves or our tutors, just both of them together not uh, being able. Yeah, my last thoughts in general is I don't mind uh, quick points. I don't mind Jacka staying. It's been seven years. He's been he's, he came to the club right after we went, fell out of the Champions League. He got us back to the Champions League. I don't I don't see the problem of him being a bench option. Like if we get Rice and Casado, he will add more depth into the squad. Uh, I mean, why why stay for seven and a half years and play for five five and a half years? No Europa League, and then your best season. I mean, seven years no Europa League. I mean, no Champions League, but for five years and a half. We didn't get anything of you. The last year and a half, you've been brilliant. So why don't you just stay? Maybe once more time, I don't know. Arteta, I've been, I'm beginning to question his uh, ability to motivate uh, the players and uh, and avoid capitulation. I have problems with that. This is two seasons in a row where he has not exceeded, I mean, I mean, uh, sailed the ship right to the end. Uh, and uh, that's it. Yeah. I, look, I, I think there is a fair question mark about the the mindset the motivation of the team in those moments um i still very much look at the injury as the primary factor in what ultimately derailed the momentum of the season um and i think there are moments i'll look back to be that the brentford var controversy be it saka's missed penalty be it the mistake by Arteta at Liverpool with the substitutions and then obviously what could have been if Martinelli had got that ball successfully to Saka. There are moments I'll look to, but two seasons is enough for a trend for me. If next season we see another end-of-year capitulation, I'll jump on the train with you, Isaiah, and start saying, you know, this is happening too regularly for me to, you know, for there to be any other reason to question it. It can't yeah. happen again. Yeah, so. I, one last thing. Uh, you, I'm going to ask you a question. Uh uh, is Eddie Howe is Arteta better than Eddie Howe and Eric Ten Hag, or uh, is Arteta yeah. better? You yeah. think so? Yeah, yeah. I, do. I I'm I'm not all the way there because if you look at it, Eddie Howe in this season and a half has managed to turn a Newcastle team that was languishing in the regulation area to Champions mm. League football. Eric mm. Ten Hag has been, although they had like big money signings before, but that's as we said before. They mismanaged those signings, Falcao, Di Maria, all those bad, terrible signings. But he's managed to get those players. Some of them actually we were linked with also, like Martinez and other people, to uh, Carabao Cup in his first season, uh, top four finish, and a possible FA Cup. So, in his first season, so Arteta got an FA Cup in his 
first season. and a half, first and a half season. Yeah, first season maybe. He took so, a broken own Emery wrecked side to an FA Cup trophy. Yeah, that in those six months. Who, who, so who yeah, I, I do think I do think he's up there with them and arguably better. The reason why, as I think that Newcastle have, they're not just a side that has spent money. They've spent money really smartly. They've been, they've recruited people into positions at executive level that's that's clever they're the antithesis of Chelsea and they're looking more like the Man City the Man City that made so many really good choices regarding recruitment and regarding the people that are making the decisions at the club and they're doing that themselves Eddie Howe is a good coach he's improved Joel Linton he's improved Joe Willock he's improved Callum Wilson he's improved Kieran Trippier Dan Byrne um, Fabian Cher you know he's improved players They've invested really well. They've brought in some, I would consider Bruno Gimaraes a world-class central midfielder. They've brought in Alexander Izak, who looks like a level to be potentially a world-class striker. You know, uh, Sven Botman looks like potentially a world-class centre-back, you know, and could become that player. They've made some really good signings. This season, getting into the Champions League is, for me, one of the easiest seasons if you're in a top four race to do it because of the way that Liverpool have been and because of the way that Chelsea have been. And the difference between that and Arsenal is that Arsenal weren't in a race for the Champions League. Arsenal took the team that they had, which was to break it apart after 1920, get out the, the Aubameyangs, get out the Lacazettes, get out the Urzils, the Mustafis, the Socrates, rebuild the entire squad and within two and a half seasons, take it to a title race. Not top four, a title race. And we only fell out of that title race this season because we lost, in my view, the best young centre-back in the world. And then the player behind him that could have offered us the ability to use White at right centre-back. And not only that, but obviously we lost certain players like Xhaka in the Southampton game. We had really, we had some horrible bouts of misfortune in terms of the penalty miss, in terms of the VAR incident against uh, Brentford. Um and ultimately, we weren't quite there because we don't have a 90-plus squad. Well, I think we have a 90-plus starting 11, but we don't have a 90-plus squad. And I think Arteta has maximised as much as he feasibly could everything that's been available to him this season besides some of the substitutions in games. That's the area of his game that he needs to be better at. But we've gone to Newcastle and beaten it. Eddie Howe's not beaten Arteta this season. He's not beaten Arteta this season. You know, he came to the Emirates and set up shop in a horrific way and it got them a point and you've got to look at it and go, that was a great point for Newcastle. Yeah. We went to Newcastle with people like Alan Shearer going, you, and I was at the uh, the Arsenal Vision last cast event on uh, on Saturday evening and Ian Wright was there and he said he was talking to Alan Shearer and Alan Shearer was goading him, you wait till you come to the Newcastle. You know, the tune are going to be shouting and screaming loud. It's going to be hostile environment. You're going to get a reality check. What happens? We go there. Yes, could we have lost that game? Sure. Did we lose that game? No. We showed great resilience in that game. We showed great finishing ability and we should have won by more. And I think that Arteta has taken a side that was broken, not only won a trophy in those first six months, but has improved nearly every single player that he intends to play. Not every single player, because some players like Tierney, you know, for instance, he just doesn't see as his, his player. But every player that he intends to use, he has improved and taken to another level. So, yes, I do think that Arteta is up there with Eric uh, Ten Hag, and I do think he's up there with Eddie Howe. That's not to say that they aren't good coaches. They are. But I do think that Arteta has done a great job in putting them and Arsenal up there, not just into a top four race, but into a into a into a title race this season. That had we have had the resources that we needed all the way through, who knows what could have happened? But yeah, I do think he's up there with them. 
Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, that's a fair, fair reply and uh, argument to make. I guess I will also back Arteta uh, till the next season uh, and see mm. what he makes of. Like now, it's do or die. It's like all or nothing. All right. So there's no point of him not achieving stuff. Uh, it's been like F- how long has, has an FA Cup gonna give you time and credit? You know, I mean that Got FA progress. Cup has. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we have to progress. We we have to keep moving yeah, forward. That, yeah. Yeah. It's it, it's not it's enough. That FA Cup has given you those those eight and eight finishes. I feel like those are free hits for the FA Cup that he won us. Right now, to build the squad, to rebuild the squad, to gut the squad, to reconstruct the squad, as you have mentioned. But now, if the Cronkies give him, like, say, 300, as you said, mentioned earlier, and give him all the plays that he needs, and, and uh, there's no reason we cannot fight on all four fronts, all the cups. I mean, we need to, now we have, like, a skinny cow. We need to make that cow fat. We need to drink, we need to make that cow drink milk, you know? <laughs> We've trimmed enough, Tom. I mean, that cow is like begging for his life. Give me, give me some milk or something. Give me grass or anything. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> cows, cows drink water, mate. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I mean, uh, grass, grass. They, they drink. I mean, eat grass too. Cows make milk. <laughs> no, no, no. Cows, cows eat grass and drink water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they make yeah, yeah. milk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They make milk. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on! I, yeah, just human condition. To, I knew what to you bring... meant. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen, I've seen the the, the the meme online of the guy. I can't remember who he is answers the question like, "What? What do cows drink? Water or milk?" And he's like, "Milk." And he's like, "You idiot!" Like, <laughs> I've yeah, seen yeah. it before. It's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, maybe so cows drink milk. To be fair, you, you know, cows drink milk. There you go. Yeah, maybe I'll try it one day. Maybe make it drink milk and see what is the result of. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I love the uh, I absolutely understood where the analogy was going. I just love how flawed it was because of the replacement of milk and water. That was brilliant. But yeah, no, yeah. I absolutely got what you were saying. Next season for me, we have to progress. We have to move into a situation where we're getting closer. If you look at the season that Liverpool won the league, they were knocked out of the FA Cup in the fifth round. They were knocked out in the Champions League in the last 16. They were knocked out of the League Cup in the quarterfinals. They were knocked out relatively early on for a club like Liverpool in those cup competitions, but they won the league. And if you want to win the league against Man City, your cup competitions are probably going to suffer. You know, and that's that's just the case. I hope that we can go further in those cups than we have done. I hope that we can go far in the Champions League. And I hope that we can get closer to Manchester City. Who knows? Maybe win it, but get closer to Manchester City next season. It's got to be about progress. And I think that's what we agree on, is that we have to move forwards. So, fingers crossed we do that. So, well, thank you so much, mate, for your time and jumping on. For your analogies, that gave me a good smile this morning as well. Um, <laughs> we'll speak soon. Okay, thank you. Thank you, mate. Speak to you soon. Fantastic stuff. You learn something new every day. Um, we will soon be back, uh, of course, with some uh, more content for you guys. Uh, to, uh, later on today, in fact, uh, I'll be doing a tactical break. The first tactical breakdown of the summer transfer window will be today. We'll be doing a, a deep dive on Sasha Bowie, the uh, young French fullback that plays for Galatasaray. Um, so I look forward um so that really appreciate it uh all of your support all of everything that you've given to us this season and we are not going anywhere tomorrow 8 a.m i'll be back with the arsenal transfer show that'll be back there won't be a show on wednesday morning because something special is quite happening uh which hopefully i can produce some video content about um but uh, very much looking forward to it uh, i'll be able to tell you more about that once and when it happens but thank you ever so much everybody that's tuned in over the course of the season i hope you've enjoyed this slightly longer morning raw reaction phone-in show um but thank you for listening and i will see you 
again later this afternoon for the first tactical breakdown of the summer transfer window. See you soon. Have a fantastic day. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.